Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. How's it going, Anna? It's going great. Um, it hasn't been that long since we last recorded, no. so we're still we're on that grind, living that quarantine life, mm-hmm. and talking about Game of Thrones. I don't really know. Nothing's happening. I don't know what to talk to you about. <laughs> I'll tell you what's happening with me. To everyone, to anyone who cares, I'm two chapters into a uh, a reread of the series on our Patreon. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, even though you didn't want to podcast with me anymore, it's still really good. <laughs> but you I'm, guys should go check it out because. No, please. You can talk about it, but I just think that we've been we've been talking a lot about Winds of Winter mm-hmm. and what we want to do if and when that is inevitably released. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that you've been talking about doing this reread on Patreon to like prep yourself for Winds of Winter. I wanted to do it on the whole like original uh, full fledged Game of Owns feed, but I don't think that, <laughs> that would be very entertaining for everyone. Right now, there's uh, two. 40 minute or so straight shots of a stream of consciousness. I'm just talking about, I have a, and now when I say it out loud, it doesn't sound very fun for anyone <laughs> besides me uh, for the uh, the prologue and so far for brand one. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Q. And that's all I'm going to say about it right now because I've only done two and we'll see if it keeps going. It's awesome. I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm biased. I liked it. I thought it was good. But I've been really wrapping wrapping my head around. I've been, better thing to say, I've been really engrossing myself in the universe lately, really hard. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Ice and Fire Con was supposed to be now. I know. I, think, I know. I think a lot of our friends are doing that right now, too. Even mm-hmm. the ones that podcast and think about or at least tweet about this kind of stuff regularly to each other, I still feel like some of those people who kind of do it year-round are also getting into it a little bit harder right well, now. Well, because I feel like... For me in this, there's so much wild uncertainty going on and there's so much empty space that I feel like, um, not that I need to fill, but that I need to be doing, like, instead of just like watching the news and scrolling through Twitter, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been falling back onto fantasy things that I love so much. Not that bullshit you've been filling your life with. (laughs) But you know, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like reading a song about some fire reading harry potter mm-hmm. like going kind of back to some of those basics i think is really comforting for lack of a better word in mm-hmm. a time like this and so i feel like it's a perfect opportunity to dive into a reread while we're missing something like ice and fire con or we're missing just normalcy and like a sense of grounding mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to fall into something that's familiar and so i think that's great it felt fun to Prepare for the episode today, for sure. It felt kind of, I felt a little strangely nostalgic for our reading order in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, for everyone listening, we've been doing this for years. And the uh, the end is near. We've got like 20-something chapters left. And for the topic of today's discussion, Daenerys, she only has two more chapters after this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we already, like we know that by like the back of our hand. So... I feel a little bit nostalgic. And if you're listening and you are with me on this, think about this. We've got, after the conversation today, we have Danny in the Fighting Pits, and then we have Danny um, after she's flown away. And uh, that'll be at the end of our reading order. So, really, we've covered, I mean, we've still got more to talk about today and other stuff, but really, we've covered all of Daenerys. And there's and a all couple. The stuff in I'm pull, trying to pull up the reading order to look through, but I mean, we finished with Feast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that we've covered. And I, I mean, you and I have been talking about this a lot 
I'm really excited for us. Well, I guess we're not done with Feast because we still have that Sam chapter near the end. But I'm just excited for us to be able to really talk theories. I mean, we do talk theories overarchingly because obviously as we're reading line by line and trying to like dissect everything out of it to discuss, there's a lot of theories that go in there. But we're just kind of getting into some endgame stuff, so it's pretty exciting. For sure. I'm looking at the uh, list of the chapters in Feast of Dragons at the website right now and seeing the ones that we have left. And there's some important, we have to touch back with uh, Cersei and we have to, we still have to do things with Tyrion, but he's an Essos. So I kind of like group it all in the same yeah, area. It's kind of some of the same vibes. It's, but, but what it looks like is kind of, even with this Vic chapter, it's kind of like we're, it's sort of almost like the, the, the Winds of Winter sample chapter vibe that we were doing after the season ended. It's kind of like the marine area. We've got like uh, the berry chapters that are mm-hmm. there inside of the knot, like as it's sort of midway to uh, ladder gamesmanship forming. And, uh, you know, with John, but we last week was John. And so everyone knows what's going on with him. I'm, the point I'm just trying to get is that this is like, finish line sort of stuff so, sort of so sort of i mean stuff, we sort have of. To like over 20 chapters left to yeah get there. yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> it might be a minute but i i get what you're saying i think that i think that because danny's chapter very much feels like it's escalating towards what it's escalating towards towards mm-hmm. like everything that's about to happen go down in the fighting pits like the pace is picking up really yeah. fast and so it kind of forces you into this mentality of this is the part in the book, in every book, where you stop reading it slowly. In every book in general, not just on a song of ice and fire, you stop reading it slowly at a normal pace and you just start glazing through everything really fast to kind of get to the end because right. the plot. You forget about the guy in this dinner who uh, was his all man, all masculinity, like farting like a thunderclap at My the gosh. women and like fondling yeah. women. He was li- grabbing girls in their pants, in their shirts. Just like going off. <laughs> but you just for- you forget that. And I feel like George R. R. Martin, who's really aware of that sort of sense of space and maybe <laughs> he's not really even. really aware. Oh, he's for sure is aware of that. He can like put that stuff in there to color it in the moment, to like hyper color it, but you're not going to retain it. You know what I mean? Right. You're going to free- you're you're going to be like Galaza, Galare, Green Grace, Farter, all that stuff is going to kind of. It's like atmospheric more than anything. Absolutely. Which is like, which is so, so much of the flourish of someone writing a cool book to have that or just a good story or someone to tell you a good joke or to have a good point in a podcast even just to leave those traces of mm-hmm. the, the, the truth, but not, ha- not have to like focus on it. Like you can. Not like shoving it in your face. Right. Like look at, look at Letting this. us do that on our own. Yeah. Like yeah. we can take the time later and piece it all apart. And uh, that is put there for us, you know. It's like that—that's like the the secret, you know. That's like the the sweet underbelly center of it is like, aha, that's really what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Because we have the story of what's happening today. The the young Kai are inside a marine, and it's a great celebration for some because they for some because they've essentially just rerouted all the the stuff that Danny did in Slaver's Bay and mm-hmm. they're kind of changing the rules on an admin level and she's basically getting phased out while being a figurehead like the cake topper that's sort oh, of the, the little girl cake topper yeah while his daughter's like drunkenly like oh my god I can't believe she came in we thought we were all gonna die and now somehow I've ended up in charge yeah. of everyone he's like my dad's <laughs> gonna love me for this yeah. uh, how did this happen that I'm drinking and smiling with men I'd sooner flay 
It's like pretty dark. <laughs> George R. R. Martin at the uh, at the Emmys when they handed him that typewriter. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> dark but true. I mean, maybe who knows? Who knows what's going on inside of that man's head? But I don't want him to get COVID. That's for sure. <laughs> Me neither. I don't want anyone to get COVID, but I shouldn't laugh about that. It's just kind of a funny thing to say. Well, if you don't laugh, then the sadness just builds. That's up. true. Exactly. Just it's a, it it's a defense out. mechanism. What, so, what do you think about uh, our uh, our chances? We were talking about it today, but we was like, we're going to save that part of the conversation. Our oh, chances yeah, for yeah, uh, yeah. winds of winter. Yeah of uh, of a twenty twenty release. It's so. We started having this conversation because you were being so adamant about the fact that you thought that it might come out in 2020, mm-hmm. which is so confusing to me. <laughs> I was like, where is do you? Though? I was like, where's any of this, any of this coming from? Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is just like such the main topic of conversation all the time with people. But I think 2020 is probably less than likely. I don't I'm not going to, I mean, what do we know? We don't know anything, but I feel like it's probably a few years out. I was saying that I think we're going to get House of the Dragon before we get Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. So. Which may or may not be delayed by this whole thing. I mean, maybe. It's already been like pretty far out in the future though. So. Yeah. I would be surprised if it got majorly. That's a year and a half from now. What did they say? Fall? Uh, they just said 2020. The rumors are just... Or, you mean 2022? Or, excuse me. Yeah, 2022. <laughs> this year. Um, are the rumors for that. But I don't know. So we're looking at the potential if if the the author, our fearless leader, decides to finish the book. What if... Wait, wait. If Worldcon doesn't happen, then he's off the hook for his promise. Ayo. <laughs> you were saying, though, you were, like, tying him to this Worldcon promise as if... He has It just you said it was you, you were like, Yeah, it was five years since his last promise. And I'm saying, Well, that's the perfect time to do it. <laughs> if he's anything like a way I can relate to, it's like he promised it and then five years later that's when you it, deliver. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I'm a pessimist. So okay. my thought is probably another couple of years at least, or if not at all. I'm just hoping that we get some warning ahead of time that's just like dropped in the middle of an afternoon. Yeah, you know? that's the other side of it. We might get a Beyonce lemonade. I don't know. That would be such a bold move. I'd be really upset about that, though. I don't think it's going to happen. There's too much necessity for really good marketing for books to sell in it a way. It would almost be a waste. Yeah. But it would also be really cool, though. It would also be really cool. But at the same time, I mean, I just don't think that makes any sense. No. So we're going to have some kind of lead up and everyone's going to lose their minds. Myself included. Right. Well, I hope that it happens. I mean, do you really think 2020? Or is that just like a hope? I think that this virus is a strange hiccup in time. I saw a drawing today that was uh, showing normally shaped calendars. And Mm -hmm. then once it got to March and April, it started to just be skewed and like eventually smear off the page. Yeah. And so that could do favors for the likelihood of more work getting done on whichever part of the process it's on or it could be a existential swirl for his creativity or anyone else associated with it and i totally get that too it's mm-hmm. it's tough to think about you know stuff that might not be essential in times like this but like you were saying earlier it feels good to think about and sort of spend time within things that you can sort of command your attention over than allowing it to be yeah. controlled by all the potential what ifs of the world mm-hmm. and Luckily, we're a lot of us, definitely not all of us on this planet, but 
a good amount of us are in a in a place where we can have a second to have the luxury to spend time in these fake worlds like that. Right, right, right. And to kind of take a pause and a reprieve. He might be doing, he, he might be on the same vibe right now where it's like, you know, it's fun to be in Westeros right now and I want to dive in. Mm-hmm. So it could happen. I don't know. But like I said, I think he's off the hook for the world con promise. <laughs> I think so too. It was, the it's an interesting cons. one. He's just like, you know, I happening. want to get it done before this. I'm not going to do any cons. That means I'm not going to go to your miracle. con. miracle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you, uh, what a... Not a miracle, but it's like that was just for you, George. Like this whole thing, especially so that you didn't have to break another promise. Yeah, <laughs> just like, it probably feels that way for him. Yeah, All like, right. If John oh, Lennon was alive, he would certainly relief. think it was about him. It's as like well. when you don't do your homework and then you you took class and the teacher freaks to collect it, and you're like, "Wow, what a relief!" Or you have a substitute or something. And it's like I've never, never been that lucky. Uh, I mean, I've had substitutes. Bummer. What I mean to say right. is, like, when I've ever not done the the schoolwork, yeah. Well, if only me almost not doing schoolwork. Is me almost not prepared for this episode, so we'll see how that's. What do you go. think, Danny Eight, not Danny Ten? Um, the thing, okay, the thing that I want to talk to you about though is that I listened to this chapter instead of reading it, which I've never done before. Any interesting uh, pronunciations by Roy Dutrice? I've never listened to the audiobooks. I don't know if that makes me a fake <laughs> fan. Me, let me it, read a quote. Is that's mine. Never mind. None of these <laughs> like are good. I can't do it. I read. Yeah, I, I wrote. wrote yeah, in Roy Detrice's voice, but my words are not. It <laughs> Listen to my It wouldn't hold up. Podcast. Yeah, right. I just, I had never listened to the audiobook before. I had never had really had any reason to because I'm not really an audiobook person, but it's just, I was like trying to mix it up, listen to the audiobook, kind of check it out, see how the vibe was. It was quite the experience. Danny's voice was cracking me up in the beginning. <laughs> I couldn't concentrate on it because I thought it was so funny. It was so weird. Yes. It sounded like a high-pitched, mousy witch. It was so weird. But hmm. I think that there's, like, pros and cons to listening and reading. You get, like, you internalize things a little bit differently uh-huh. and so who knows maybe i'll like get some brilliant insights out of it but that's just a plug for the audiobooks because i'd never i hadn't dove into them before cool so yeah, it's been a long time since i've listened to the audiobooks <laughs> it was an experience <laughs> i remember i was on a cross-country drive and i was walking my dog at like three in the morning somewhere completely desolate mm-hmm. and really cold and uh, I was pumping gas in my car and walking him and letting him use the bathroom and stuff, stretch his legs. And I was, I remember staying outside for maybe half an hour instead of driving, listening to the last Daenerys chapter. Oh, while really? she was going through all that stuff. Wow. It was so good. That's pretty cool. I was like, this is the only thing keeping me awake. Yeah. Now I'm not even, <laughs> it went from like being the thing that was accompanying me in the car to being the focus of what the trip right. was. Right. You weren't about, it wasn't about driving. It was about finishing the rest it, yeah, of the chapter. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, I didn't quite get the same vibe out of the chapter. <laughs> it wasn't as quite to that point yet, but um, I thought it was really good. Like you were saying, I feel like we are. I have a lot of questions that come out of this chapter for you specifically, but I just I think that as you're we saying, as we sat sat down to start recording this episode, is that it feels like things are really ramping up, and yeah. it feels like the things are just starting to roll and. There's a lot of things happening while not that many things happening, but there's just a lot of moving parts and a lot of different conversations, a lot of different people Mm -hmm. and personalities Mm -hmm. that Daenerys has to work through. 
And I know we talked about this last chapter with John comparing John to Daenerys and kind of Oh, I see. How our read-through has allowed us to spend a little bit more time in that comparison. And I couldn't help but continue to think about it here just because, I don't know, we start with a wedding. So, number one, <laughs> it's like same vibes. But um, both of them are just like working towards things that neither of them necessarily want mm-hmm. or necessarily feel like – let me start over. Both of them are working towards things with their ideals at the top of mind. And seeing what things are not legitimate, but like, what are you actually able to accomplish? Like Daenerys here is upset because she, the fighting pits are being reopened. There's this great feast and she, the slave market is going to happen again, you know? And so she's going to be, she's like back back to, it's like back to square one. She is saving the people, quote unquote, saving the people of Marine from slavery, but is also just as it's being reopened everywhere around her, basically just going to like decimate her economy. I don't know, you know, whatever. But I think that is just another example of these idealistic things that just aren't able to be translated over into, into the real world. And in the beginning, she's, as there's all this dinner talk surrounding who was going to win the fighting pits tomorrow and everybody's so excited. And this line about how no queen has clean hands mm-hmm. that she tells herself to kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like almost like a disappointment that things can't be as idealistic as she had hoped that she can't. It's like, necessarily. I'm, I have it and I got what I wanted sort mm-hmm. of, but sort of. I'm, it was like that line that I said earlier, how did this happen? I'm drinking and, Smiling with men, I'd sooner flay. Like what a what a damn bummer to be I that know. deep into it. For but it to hey, be like that. that's politics, I guess. I mean, if you play a certain kind of game, yeah, it can be. It seems like actually, I have no idea because I haven't been around long enough. What or, kind of political game do you play? <laughs> to know to know if there's like because to, to me it seems like idealistically I'm like oh, but there's a a right way to do it where you're not going to have to deal with the same stuff that Danny has. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to end up with a net positive, right? Like your small council or whatever is going to be a more interesting collection of people. It's going to look something like brands. No, I, I was thinking. I hate to bring up another Potter reference, but I was thinking of like how Luna is, and it's just it doesn't seem like you would want to add her to the group. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, nah. but at the same time, it's like, listen, what is his? You can't fight the truth, right? But her can't fight the truth is his dar. And that's kind of... She doesn't want to add him to the group. I know. I know. But he's definitely in the group, for (laughs) sure, through this chapter. For sure. Yeah, he is. What you were talking about, the the speed of the chapter and, like, the way that... And I'm thinking about the other nanny chapters, too, after this, kind of having the same vibe, like, very clearly leading to something. I thought it was a... It was weird. It, like, rubbed me the wrong way. This chapter? Not the chapter overall. But the... My ability to see what he was up to. Why is that? I tried to figure that out. I tried to write down why that bothered me, and I couldn't find a real answer. Do I you, thought maybe I would figure it out while I was talking to you <laughs> instead. You think that everything's moving too quickly? Like maybe we're missing out on things, or we're not getting the full picture? You know, that's, or... a, that's funny. Uh, the, the moving too quickly thing, I thought about how movie adaptations of books are often plagued with that sort of uh or the entire last season exactly of last two plus seasons of game of thrones right well for example like we were supposed to feel 
John and Danny's departure from each other, yeah. but we actually never felt them going together. Right. There's just so much at scale in the kingdom of Marine and the kingdoms in Slaver's Bay and the continent of Essos and the length of the culture from these empires, Old Gis, the, the Yunkai that have brought all of these customs to this party that we get laid out in front of us, which is like the first part of the chapter. So much scale to all of it and so much scale to the impact of what Daenerys has done mm -hmm. to this to this region. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially when you couple it with Feast, when there's no Danny chapters, just not enough time for for me to spend with her and like really feel like I've gotten used to how things are going. You want to stay in Marine a little bit longer? See, is that what you're thing. trying Isn't to say? Isn't that crazy to say? <laughs> it is it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts to say. <laughs> to say that I felt like there needs to be more texture. But it's just like I know I know when I go to a Danny chapter, I know something's going to happen. You know that you're going to be like spinning your wheels I know at the, the beginning. It's going to leave. She's going to look out over something's her pyramid. Gonna happen, and, and then everything. she's going to have a big realization. And we're also <laughs> yeah. going to learn a realization too by the end of it. And, it, yeah. and it's going to like perfectly set up the next thing. And of course, when you're writing POVs and really when you're writing anything, hearing me say that, someone might be screaming at their iPhone right now going, well, what do you, what, we're reading a book. Like it's supposed to lead to something. Me. That's the whole point of it, right? Yeah. But what I think, what I think it could potentially be is that we've, we have been, this is kind of the de escalation of the Miranese knot that we've been stuck in for so long. And this inability to really move out of the situation that George R. R. Martin wrote himself into, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that we are finally moving in some sort of direction, whether or not. We like Danny's moving the direction that we want oh, her to I move see in what you mean, to, whether we like it or not. Yeah, like the what direction it's going in. It's like, oh, the slavers are here. His dar. Before it was like, I'm barely letting him in. My he keeps coming while everyone's talking, like during yeah. office hours. Yeah. He keeps coming, right. in, like like posting dressing up, up mm -hmm. and like being the most patient person, waiting six hours to go have his piece. And now he's like sort of paying attention to her and drunkenly partying. Making all these business deals and like leaving her in the dark about it. Right. Well, it's like you were saying, she, he's in charge. Like she's like the figurehead basically at this point. But then you've also got stuff like Quentin is here mm -hmm. looking Just around in the, the, the dragons and that whole situation. And wow. we've got Brown Ben Plum is kind of coming to her saying, sorry, but you right. can't trust guys like me. Right. And, and the, what were we going to say? Sorry. I was keep listing all the other millions of things that are kind of happening as they're swirling. What I was going to say was all those things seem pretty serious when you really think about it. Like think about the, excuse me, the implications of Brown Ben, who was on her side, who's a defector that took all of her inside information and helped make this whole thing happen. You know, right. Because he has right. a, a big command. He has a command of a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, like them just talking comfortably, like really puts this savage person that Daenerys is at heart. Remember at the end of this chapter when she was dreaming of smoke and fire and the mm -hmm. last thing was like the morning came too soon because yeah. like all this was not what she – the smoke and fire is what she is. Smoke and fire is not letting Brown Ben who turned his cloak on you like have a, a casual conversation with you, is not listening to, to his dar, is not hanging out with these ridiculous people. With, with these the prince who looks like a frog. Ridiculous <laughs> customs. These old, weird – customs where they're eating the like oh yeah there's no uh i forget what if it was giscari or, or yunkai the the dog tradition right 
and right. it's a very sort of matter of fact george like almost as a little meta he's like sort of like yes they're having dog or <laughs> it's like, okay we get it we talked about them before daenerys is kind of racist toward all these people she's just like they're this is like the For old sure. world like this is this is like the uh the the tasting video we were watching about oh, yeah. like that one guy who was like mm, i you know yeah. i'll never eat anything that wasn't made in our village or i'll never like anything that wasn't made by the people here right it was right. that sort of thing and like what the what they like are let's read a list <laughs> i try to make all the emojis on twitter but i don't know what spiny rubs are i think i auto correct auto wrongly camels crocodiles singing squids ducks which you know people eat ducks but what i'm right, saying that's is like, normal and squid is pretty normal a lot of these i mean food is food right right, right. I, mean? I get what you're saying but it's, it's just, different he's saying this for a reason he's yeah. he's telling us about these people and Using what you guys know about history, mm-hmm. we can all sort of extrapolate the patterns and know what he's trying to say about these kinds of – it's an, it's an ancient order of people and they have a lot of old ideas. And he's like – in her modern up, updated mindset from being more worldly than people who are not going to leave Slaver's Bay and only make money in this way is uh you know too new for them to, to, to understand and too new for her to – enjoy the company of them for because in her mind it's like all right i've seen this is the height of what you all have to offer this is the height of marine this is the height of yunkai like we're about to basically be in a war with each other so stuff's pretty serious and this is it this is all we got yeah good wine though they have good wine and good food lots of money (laughs) and they have like entertainment but their entertainment isn't cool fun for her that's not what she's looking for it's because she lost But but it's literally not people that are are having a good time coming together and saying, let's uh, like make a comedy routine or be uh, music players. Instead, it's all people that they've enslaved. Like they've putting on a show, they've put the momentum into making like as humans, what we do, we make cool stuff. We go when we have time. And so when we get older and we don't have to, I don't know when we when we're basically just comparing ourselves to each other. We like go look what I was able to make with all my time and power and patience, and so they their version of that isn't compromise and fun. Mm-hmm. Their version is buying people and then forcing those people. It's like, hey, look at my I have a slave. Uh, it's like a Tyrion and Penny. You know what I mean? Like I have these performers. They do this particular skit. You're the cool. You're a party favor. Like you show up at the party and you're like, I'm this guy. Your slave entertainment, like that's how much you've earned in the world. Like that's how smart I am. Right. I hired these guys to do this. So she's seen the height of it and she's like, Well, and for good reason. So she's, well, and it's just for good reason. It's just, it's not what she wants and what she envisions. And she's not, she's not able to use, it's like you were just saying, she has not been able to be successful in helping any of these folks kind of reach a different ideal. And she has not been successful in imposing her will because really, I mean, this whole peace deal, it does not seem to favor her no. at all, if if in any way. And so um, I think that that's just really apparent. And um, we, we already did the Winds of Winter chapters. And so we kind of understand exactly where this is moving towards and that this is all just kind of a show as we move yeah. towards war. Especially when she's gone, yeah. Um, and his daughter's dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And we Completely don't know evolves. what's going to happen with somebody like Dario out in the mix. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's just, so there's just 
there's a lot of questions that I have about kind of how Daenerys is actually going to get, like, is she just going to fly the heck out of there and just never come back and just like catch y'all later? You know, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because far ahead. I think it's all just a a vacuum and then grab. And that we're seeing a version of that now and that they've been doing that. And that's why they've had the failure to think ahead past the slavery stuff for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is right. But then what's next for Daenerys? I think that like her issue and we see it here a little bit. I was kind of thinking about it. In this chapter and in the chapter, her last chapter, mm-hmm. all of her interactions with Quentin and he's coming to her very awkwardly and in this weird unaffectionate or like in a way that doesn't really make Danny feel affectionate towards him necessarily. Sure. I mean, in some, I don't know, I'm taking that back because she like kisses him in the bottom of the, um, where her dragons are to kind of try to make him feel better. But She's not really, like, into the vibe that he's putting down. Oh, of course She's not, not really interested. And Barristan's like, uh, are you kidding me? Like, do you want to get out of here? Because this is, like, our ticket out of here. Just- right. But she just learned that that's not the way to do it because of this. Because what's happened is she's in this situation because she made those decisions based on what position that it would put her in as far as her power is concerned. It seems that even that it, right now in the conversation with Barry, she's not scared for her life yet. So it's still just right. about retaining power and like getting all your forces together. So he's going, he's saying what he always said, which is think about it like that. I'm like, I'm super practical. And what she, she's, she's now like elevated to another level because she was the one put in charge and able to feel it. Unlike anyone else in this situation, like Barry hasn't been able to because he was never, he was never the guy. So she was the guy and she goes, oh, wait a second. Oh man, like getting all this, even the comfort, even the power, that was not the thing. She goes, I have to like, I have to be around these people and they're going to talk to me. I need to enjoy myself. I have yeah, to but- actually enjoy myself. So she's talking to Quentin and she's going and she asks him, you know, some stuff. And he goes, he starts to talk so intimately about uh, the water gardens and she can't, she, that's the moment she goes, no. I, she hears him describing like the stuff from his homeland and she doesn't care so much. She's just like, this guy is not, I'm sorry. He's not, he's not doing it for me. He's not Dario. He's not Dario, but he's also just not stimulating me. And she might be stimulated by him in some way, but she feels like she has passed so many levels that he has yet to come up against that he has nothing to offer her. Of course. Based on how he's describing this place that she has no care about in the world. Of course. Um, a couple of things. One, you said that Daenerys just like doesn't trust anybody, which we see over and over again in this chapter. And for good reason, I think she's having a difficulty understanding who she can actually rely on and kind of put stock in as she moves forward. That's thought number one. Thought number two is that the person, the people that she wants to surround herself with are people like Dario, who is somebody who even she understands how dangerous he is. Point number three is the same point that we talk about whenever we talk about Daenerys is like, does she even want to go to Westeros? It's like she doesn't does she, is she even interested in getting out of any of this and moving towards what her ultimate goal is? Because it just doesn't seem like that's something that she's trying to work for. It's because she's bored by Quentin. You know what I mean? Like to, to me, that's doesn't necessarily seem like a good enough argument because. And I understand her wanting to see if there's more to him, that there's more to what he has to offer or like, is he bigger? I mean, they're talking about the three heads of the dragon with him. I mean, it's like she's kind of testing the waters of like. 
She's on to lose by saying that stuff. To right. Him. She's like, yeah. I know what you're here for. Let's like talk about stuff. She's given him every option to go right across and meet her in the middle conversationally. But instead he says stuff like, I'm here for you in some romantic way. And she goes, you're here for fire and blood. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if this was a date or something and she was really hot and he just wanted to get it in and he was still acting like he was gallant. She was like, listen, I know what we're doing. You right. Know? Like, we don't need to pretend. So, like, she's jump like, on a great, dragon. <laughs> she's like, I have a great career. I don't need you to do anything for me. Right. Get on a dragon and show me what's up. Exactly. And that's what she, she was like. I think I'm going to ride a dragon. Yeah. He's like, uh, <laughs> he literally stutters. He's like, ride one? There was that moment where the, uh, I forget, I think it was Viserion. Uh, I don't know if it matters who growled the flame, but I'm trying to be accurate. Viserion uh, guttered some flame. He jumped and uh, George wrote, a cruel woman would have laughed at him. I think about all those times something like that's happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> like when? I, honestly, I, I didn't have a specific memory. Or you just remember that that's something that's been, you've like, you've been, you're like, I've been down this road before. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. The the flow of it for me, when I, go to go back to what I was saying before. I just felt like since we have this book and we have books, there's no reason for us to just get, you know, moment to moment and it to almost read like a TV script. And it's interesting that you yeah, read it that way. I just felt I just maybe we need more Daenerys and uh, she's super important and there's a lot of things happening here. And I get that if this is the, the tale that needs to be told that he did, he, I mean, he told it completely. It's just that it's just I'm. I feel like it's very obvious I'm supposed to think certain things and I'm getting very obviously like told a story in a certain direction. And so I just feel like at this point, maybe the POV structure and going all over is kind of like not doing the the Daenerys thing justice. But I like the POVs like I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I like I like how it's written. And, and maybe I'll think that as I go through the uh, first book. And uh, we're doing more of these. Maybe I'll realize that they're all that way. Mm -hmm. But I just it's not the vibe I've gotten from our most recent ones. I felt like there was more patience. And I felt like this was really trying to get somewhere. Interesting. I never really thought about that as, as I was reading it. So it's I'm trying to kind of think back to kind of – I was thinking about other things like the <laughs> great narration that I was enjoying <laughs> in my uh, headphones. But the, the best one. To, to narrate is Brienne and Nimble Dick and the Whispers. <laughs> okay. To, on that on audiobook is unbelievably good. I'll have to go check that out. So good. Um, as my next chapter. But I don't know. I think that I just, I disagree with you. Mostly just because I'm excited that there's some sort of movement in some sort of yeah, direction. Yeah, I think it's probably honestly and so, better and more readable that way. Yeah. It just felt, I just, something I wanted to point out. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I wanted to ask if you thought. That there was ever a good compromise. This could be about Asoff or any about life in general. This is after she was, uh, she was thinking like it, there was that it was, it was talking about how they'll eat anything that swims, flies, or crawls, but a man or a dragon. And she's just kind of disdaining their customs overall. Just like I said before, just people she doesn't quite relate to. And uh, she she thinks, why does peace taste like defeat? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I think that's a good question. I think that that's just like a classic Daenerys question to grapple with because so much of her story is just about her playing practice before she heads to Westeros to rule there. Like it kind of feels like she's using these 
foreign lands as her sandboxes. So she's kind of figuring out what she's supposed to do and kind of what her nature is and what people she can trust to to bring alongside her. And I don't think that that's necessarily a healthy exercise, but I think that she, it's just that classic question of, and this is much more philosophical and overarching and unanswerable, but it's just that classic question about what's realistic versus what's in your heart you know, and kind of what your ideals are and then how the world works. And I'm not saying that the world can't be changed because it absolutely can. But I do think that that takes some defeat by some people for like Daenerys to come in here and introduce this idea of freedom that nobody wants. And then she gets defeated, but the idea is planted somewhere else. You know, I think maybe if we're looking broadly, that change often comes like with lots of people heavily lifting to push things in that direction. And so I don't necessarily think that all of this is a loss. And I think that she's being a little bit <laughs> over dramatic, but I understand why she says that no, I mean, no queen has clean hands. I mean, she can't, you can't be in that position and not, yeah, you can't please everybody in that position. And I think that that's like the um, difficult thing about having power is that and that's something that we are talking about with John. I mean John's mistakes to me are more glaringly obvious than the mistakes that Daenerys is making. It's men are general stupid, very stupid. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm ready for her to kind of get out of other people's business and start caring about things that actually are gonna matter. That's what for it seems her. like right now. That's like yeah. the whole thing. Like it's it's sort of going inward. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I'm ready to, ready for her to make some moves. And I know that we've got a lot of, but there just seem to be a lot of moments in this chapter. Like the conversation with Brown Ben Plum, I thought was really interesting and really good. And it almost seemed to me like he was trying to give her some sort of, in some ways, I think he's almost being like, Look at what I did. Like, I'm a sellsword. We go back and forth. Don't forget what I did to you. Like, maybe slightly taunting her a little bit. But I also think that he's genuinely trying to give her some advice about just what she can expect from commanding a group of sellswords like that. I mean, she's never really had that opportunity before. And he kind of pulls her aside and he's like, hey, we. this has nothing to do with you being nice to me. Right. This has nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. She's like, did I treat you poorly? And he's like, no, we just wanted to be on the winning side. And he, I think he teaches her a lot of lessons about what she needs to be doing. And then I think like Barristan also kind of has this opportunity with her later when he's they're talking about Quentin. And he's like, you should be thinking about, you know, X, Y, Z things that are happening and you should listen to something that Brown Ben is saying. Cause he's kind of true and you should be thinking about blah, blah, blah. I just think that there's, she's getting a lot of direction in this chapter. And I think that learning a lot of really important lessons and I'm just kind of ready for her to be able to put those in practice in a place that she, depending on who you ask, has a quote unquote claim to put into practice. So. Yes. Whenever she figures out, closer like how she gets what she wants it's not going to do anyone else any favors because i feel like the way you're describing it and when i'm thinking about it it's like the reason she's in this situation is because she 
she listened to what they said. She did like the sort of admin approach and she's found that it isn't personally satisfying, but she still is able to like hold herself to her own standards. And as she see herself holding as she sees herself holding herself to her own standards, they're just selling slaves within eyeshot. Like or that is a weird way to say it. But <laughs> within she eyesight also, of the city walls. She can see it happening. So it's like But it's been like one even, day. What do you mean? His dar makes this argument. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's been a day. Let them show, like, basically give you the middle finger. They're posturing and, then and posing. They're going to leave mm-hmm. and you can turn it into something else. Like, she right. hasn't even had the opportunity to kind of see potentially the fruits of her labors because it's been like 20 minutes since everything's been. So she doesn't even know how it's going to necessarily work out. She doesn't really have the opportunity to kind of see. No, but she knows. She's she can already feel how unsatisfied she is. She knows it's not gonna turn into a fruit stand <laughs> outside. <laughs> That's the thing though. It's about she's not she feels very unsatisfied. She's like, well, she's what she's gonna realize, and I hope there are no sociopaths listening right now. <laughs> what she's gonna realize when she's tripping out by herself after Drogon flies away with her is that I can be satisfied. I just other people can't be. I can hurt them. I can, I yeah. Can, I can take their satisfaction instead of giving it to to them like I have been. And I can keep it for my own. It's her constant flopping and struggle between her like dragon born nature and mm-hmm. her trying to be a queen. That And that right there is the difference between her and his daughter and other folks like that. Because she's like you said, it's been like a day. And she's already like, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can already tell this is th- none of this. So this setup is not going to work. I'd rather just burn it all down right now. But she's right, though. She already knows how out of sync it is. She's very emotionally sensitive because yeah. of the way that she was brought up. And she's like, I don't care about everything working out. It's not about working out. Like everyone told me I needed to make this about it working out because so many other people were involved. And now these people aren't even safe. So really it was all just a lie. Mm -hmm. That lie that you were telling me so that you could get what you want. Well, she's not even safe either. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she realizes, wait a second, no one else is not lying. It might just be Barristan. Yeah. It might just be Barristan. And maybe Dario. She's like, he has his own flaws, but at least... He's got he's he's active. He has action. Like she was saying, for example, if Dario was here, he would not he Ben Blunt Plum's head would roll. And she respects the My captain was not made for peace. Exactly. Whenever for Dario, whenever he's in a conversation, let's say the three of them are standing together and someone says something that is either really silly or grossly misinformed, they don't just like let it check. You know how people in some like sometimes like social circles, you walk up and like someone will say something just completely off of left field that's not <laughs> yeah. even true. And everyone's just kind of like, well, we're not going to correct that person because yeah. we don't really know them or whatever. Yeah. Dario would be like, what? Yeah. What did yeah. you say? Yeah. And then Daenerys would be like, that's what I'm talking about <laughs> because this is boring otherwise because we're not having fun otherwise. I don't – I think that Dario – keep clapping. I'm excited to kind of explore where his character is going to go because she has this back and forth that is just so deeply – relatable <laughs> to everybody on the earth where she's like it says henceforth she must keep him out of her bed out of her heart and out of her if he did not betray her he would master her she did not know which of those things she feared most i was like i was gonna ask you about that what <laughs> first off 
Was she like? Does she is she really afraid that Dario is going to master her, or is she being just kind of self indulgent about uh, potential feelings and like? Okay, I'm the queen, but she's kind of indulging this sort of like. But Dario could take me, but really she's going to put her foot down. What is it? I think that when she says that when she talks about him mastering her, I think that it talks about him having the upper hand on her at all times. Emotionally or literally? Both. Mm. I mean, in a way that a sellsword can have the upper hand over a queen. But I think that whether it's like an emotional upper hand, that he's going to like master her decisions and her choices and kind of, and not even necessarily in a manipulative way, but just kind of, she loves him. So she's going to listen to what he has to say and it's going to color and point her decisions that she makes along the way. That's kind of the way I read it as him mastering her. That he'd kind of just... She would be bound to him because she cares about him. And so she would, her decisions would be colored by his opinions. She loves him because of all the stuff that he doesn't let weigh him down. And like his hair and stuff. And like, or his know, knives. Yeah. His knives that he lets her keep. <laughs> all the stuff that you think women would not like, it sounds like, as long as you just commit to it, they're like, wow, that's a that's a feature. That's not a flaw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these are very sexist blades. But you know what? The biggest the biggest like uh, uh humanitarian of them all, mm-hmm. Daenerys, is like, you know what, they're not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he might betray me and so he's much like kind of hot, but like he's like dark <sighs> and mysterious and he's like really dangerous. But so so is she, you know. This so. episode is gonna be ruining a lot of the picturesque worlds for people who are listening because it's just all this is falling apart. I know. This, you know what I mean? Like this this is like showing basically chaos winning in a way. Like this level Well, I of, feel like her giving in to somebody like him is Giving into like chaos. No, but what's the alternative? Denying him or denying her urges. Okay, deny your urges, fine. Deny him, fine. Now what? His dar? No, now she's just like everybody goes away and she just she's leaving and she's just gonna go away. That is and the way to do it. Go to Westeros. That is the way to do it. <laughs> she's she like should have flown that dragon it. all the way to Westeros and found new friends. And she's like, hey guys, <laughs> can I come crash here for a little while? I'm just gonna like fly in here and just see how it goes. I think No. I think that Sorry. I was just going to say she needs to have a frank conversation with, with Dario. That's it. And if he says something like, oh, I'll go do this. It's like, come on. Like, really? Like, you're not going to do it. But anything. what is he going to say to her? I mean, so this is the question I was going to have. I have for you about him is that she, he's. So we know that she's going to get betrayed by somebody who's in her inner circle. Right. And he's one of part of this. Told. Yeah. He was like part of this envoy. This this essentially trading of captives during this whole thing. And Dario is one of those people mm-hmm. that's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if, if you had any thoughts or opinions about if you think that Dario is going to be one of those people to betray her. Yeah. I mean, I totally see that happening, especially after her having such legitimate thoughts and feelings about him. And then she making a decision basically to deny those and to say, but the plan is the plan. He might just do the same thing. I mean, it makes sense Mm -hmm. sort of symmetrically. Yeah. But I kind of want to be surprised. But also like poetic justice has got its place too. But I kind of want to be surprised a little bit. Like I don't know if I care that much about Daenerys' love story being a part of the story. Yeah, that's fair. If if she and Jon are really going to be a thing, then I want that. I'll save my feelings for that, you know? (laughs) That's fair. Because that's going to be weird and, and super involved and 
He's going to make me believe it, I'm sure. So that's going to be weird. Ooh, her inner monologue about that is going to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, like he's going to make me believe it. Yeah. You know? And so Absolutely. that's going to be a whole other thing that we've, we haven't been able to experience yet. It's, it's actually going to be probably moving because we've been with both of these people for a very long time. And to have them with the person that has all the evidence who chronologically writes the ascending and descending information to tell us the truth of what's happening in Planetos, you know, those those italics when like you said, when they're meeting each other is gonna be cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think we're gonna see the first the other through the perspective of first. Oh, that's such a good question. John will be back from the dead or in whatever version that is, by the way. So Ooh, that's a really good question. I would love to see. That's going to completely change the tone of kind of how their story goes, because you have Daenerys seeing Jon first for the first time. I feel like she's going to be a little bit more um, dismissive of him. And then if you see Jon seeing Daenerys for the first time, I think he's going to be a little bit like sheepish and trying not to care kind of situation. Yeah, kind of like... I know that you're supposed to be this thing, but we're really going through a lot right now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm too cool to care about you. I wish it was, I have this part of me. It's like the same part of me that loves when, uh, like there's this episode of Doctor Who where Vincent Van Gogh gets to see his own paintings. Oh, yes. Right? That's one of the only episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. It's pretty <laughs> Cause amazing. Because it's really sad. Yeah. In like this really beautiful way. Yeah. For I, sure. The same energy of that. I want. John to be like, but Mace Raymond is a Targaryen and I loved him. You know what I mean? And yeah. like talk to her oh, about yeah. that and just yeah. and just take a shine and just be like, you know what? I think that there's something to y'all or or something. I don't know. Rather than just being so obviously like in the moment mm-hmm. and like thinking about himself and the wars and stuff. I, I like when the characters have the ability to have a full grasp of the situation, but not many do. Like I don't even own. remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what it was like when they met in the show. Like, I literally can't remember what that was like. It was the Davos and Masande. Uh, they like they oh, were they were talking for him. It's yeah. Jon Snow. Yeah, he's the king of the north. That's right. I forgot. And about she was that. like sitting in her chair, perched and not yeah. moving a muscle. Yeah, and Davos like, was like, "Please don't to... act." And she's like, "Got yeah. it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Which just read these lines. George wrote these lines. These are titles. That's three minutes of dialogue. Go. I had forgotten about that. I don't know. That's going to be interesting. That's we've got, as we were just talking about at the beginning of this episode, we got some time before we're going to know about that. You got to feel bad for everyone else that thinks that they have a chance at gaming this situation. Like PQ, for example, sorry, not poor Quentin, Quentin, for example, (laughs) when, when, uh, when it's like when, uh, they're talking, Barry's saying, uh, there's always the Dornish road. We can take the Dornish road. And she's like, what's the Dornish road again? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they're Dorn. You know, we've heard about them. They have wine, spicy food, interject people, and, uh, some kind of army, apparently. There's some, something's gone. Nymeria thought it was important to burn all of her ships the moment she fell in love, right? So romantic. Like, get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not only going to turn around and removing any choice or chance to go. Right? It's Dorn. He's like, get excited. And it's so funny because it's like, it's like George is almost retconning everything. And it almost leaves some people, I'm sure, feeling a little unsatisfied. They're like, but, but Danny hears all this and it's going in one ear. And she's like, ah. It would please me what? if he had turned up with these 50,000 swords he speaks of. Well, that, yeah. And, and, uh, Barry's like, uh, well, really, like, 
this whole thing is about them gaining your trust. Like they're actually trying to be your friend. Like they're not just trying to screw you over. Like they might because they want your trust so bad. So let's not put too much stock in them being our like main allies right now. But he's like, they are from Westeros. They're from a legit house that has history with your history. Okay. Your namesake. All right. We're all here. It's all good. But uh, they, they, they don't have a lot. It's like, they're not really on your level right now. She's mm-hmm. like, they want to, be my friend and she thinks to herself she's like i'm never gonna be their friend so they've wasted the whole trip she's like i've met him i don't i'm not gonna trust him yeah they didn't really give him a chance yeah but she's made up her mind yeah i get it but that's not necessarily a good thing that she made up no it's not no it's not i it depends on how you look at it though because she i mean like imagine her at this party she's got i think maybe a slight buzz on so she's a little bit a little bit in her in her feelings about it she's like i know based on this I know I don't like that. I know I don't like that. And so seeing all these things that she doesn't like, she's like, I know I like this certain thing. And she knows that this guy doesn't, She's he's, she doesn't want to wait around for it. She's mm-hmm. like, I want that shit right now. And it's just, I'm not going to be friends with y'all. And you think about how long it took for this whole plan. And like Dorian's like, I've got a plan. Grand plan. And, and, and for it to it's get to all the way flames, here. And it's just, it's completely meaningless to her in the moment. It's know? completely meaningless plot too. If we really want to like get to it and well, talk about well, it. I think, <laughs> like what's the point? I think that the harshness in that, that fallacy combo. is a point that needs to be made. And there's a million different points being made in Eswaf. So why not do it? Why not do it? Mm-hmm. You know, why not? Why not make that point? Yeah. It's just interesting because I think there's 10 million things that she could have done differently slash there's 10 million things i have i'm interested in why she decided to do things the way that she did with him because i feel like there was such a great opportunity even if she didn't marry him to do something in order to gain their support i think that she could have easily easily brokered something like that that could have been super productive like ahead of time maybe uh, or for, but for, she's like for dismissed later, it I mean. out of hand. Yeah, exactly. She's like dismissed it out of hand because it like, doesn't help her right here, right now. Which, Which is I, what she needs. Though. I get that. She needs that. But she also is going to need help tomorrow. You're right. But I don't know about the luxury of the 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 long game She's right had now. the luxury of the long game she has. for a million years. She has. And she's done nothing about the long game mm-hmm. at all. This no. is an opportunity that was in her face. That was like, let me help you with the long game. And Barristan's like, come on. Or, you know, and Barrison's not the only guy in the world that she should listen to. But this is how she got into the situation with his, and she doesn't want to be in that situation again. Yeah, but again. he's somebody who's in a place that she doesn't need to be in. That's true, but what's what's Westeros versus Essos other than, like, customs that are probably still going to be foreign to her in some way? The story is about Westeros and how Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> returns in Fire and Blood. That's, like, the whole point. So, so that's why it's better. So hurry it's, up. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So. But she just wants to. She wants to like who she's doing it with. Yeah, ultimately. and then she's gonna fall in love so, with John. So it's picky. gonna be like, oh, we can she's rule the, the, the world what's gonna together. Happen there, none of them are gonna like her. She's gonna be like, wait a second, yeah. I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that that's not necessarily the case. But. Same, same. But tension is what is what they need to write in these books to keep us coming. Apparently, so keep pissing me off, which I don't like. But apparently it keeps me coming back for more. So <laughs> I don't know how we work. Or life lessons. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know how we're all supposed to work together, but that seems to be the the deal. Um, I have another question about Quentin and this whole vibe mm-hmm. about dragons. Because I think something that's come up a couple of times is a couple of times that came up in this chapter was that a dragon riders only ride one dragon. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, that means anything? Do you think anyone's gonna be riding any dragons? I know we talk about it. Yeah, they they have to. 
They're totally gonna. Do I think that that there's any weird? You talking about like a like a sort of pair bonding sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Like imprinting almost. <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight yeah. really be making a resurgence these days in the middle of quarantine. Has anyone else noticed that? Go look at old pictures of Taylor Lautner, everyone. He was like 16. It's TikTok that's bringing Twilight back to the forefront of really? my life. Uh-huh. Like what? Yeah. What? I don't want to get into it, but there's just like a lot of Twilight t- content on TikTok. Tell me two things that they're adapting. Let me tell you that everything they've adapted are videos that I also created in my front yard that like I could just upload on TikTok and become famous. Still, have I gotten no information from you <laughs> yeah, off of that? I'm going to have to yeah. look it up on my own. Sorry for that <laughs> sidebar that led nowhere, everyone. Can I read you a quote from uh, Brown Ben Plum? Please. I, I love this little miniature story he gave. I would love for you to do that. It was in the era of time when Daenerys was asking him why he turned his cloak. Did I cheat you on your pay? Never that, said Brown Ben, but it's not all about the coin. Your high and mightiness. I learned that a long time back at my first battle. Morning after the fight, I was rooting through the dead, looking for the odd bit of plunder, as it were. Come upon this one corpse. Some axe man had taken off his whole arm at the shoulder. He was covered with flies, all crusty with dried blood. Just a pleasant thing I wanted to read. Might be why no one else had touched him. But under them, he wore this studded jerkin. Looked to be good leather. I figured it might fit me well enough, so I chased away the flies and cut it off him. The damn thing was heavier than it had any right to be, though. Under the lining, he'd sewn a fortune in coin. Gold, your worship, and gold's our mother. But once you're dead, they're worth less than that last shit you take as long as you lie dying. I told you once, there are old cell swords and there are bold cell swords, but there are no old, bold cell swords. My boys didn't care to die, that's all. And when I told them that, you couldn't unleash the dragons against the Yunkishmen. Well, dot, dot, dot. You saw me defeated, Danny thought. And who I am to say that you were wrong. Yeah. That's a, well, what a lesson for her to learn in that moment. This is like where it's all washing over her. She, that's what I was trying to say earlier about like. Bold and old or old or bold. Yeah. She's like, I want to break it though. I want both. How do I do it? It's not, I mean, it's not necessarily like a bad lesson. I loved that story too, though, because she's like asking how much gold or how much coin is is there. And he was like enough to make a man rich. And then he's like, but then I accidentally told my friend about it and he snitched on me. And now everybody, now nobody's got it. <laughs> Could you imagine stumbling upon enough to make a man rich? And that's a lot of money. That's like a life, I mean, that's the most obvious thing I could say, a life-changing thing amount of money. But um, I think the other thing that's interesting that, he does in that part of the conversation is he doesn't put it on on himself. He's like, I put it to my men. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, like they didn't want to die. So they just decided to do something else. That's an interesting lesson. What about the Miri Mazdur stuff coming back? I'm going to read the quote and I wanted to ask you what you thought about it. Oh, with like his dar at the end? Yeah. Yeah. After they had sex. Miri said, Back of the day, when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, when the seas go dry and mountains blow and the wind like leaves, when your womb quickens again and you bear a living child, then he will return and not before. <laughs> I've never heard somebody read that really sad quote so monotone <laughs> with no feeling whatsoever. <laughs> Usually people are like so emotional about that moment. Um, what do I think about it? Um, I guess my question is... Why are we hearing this now and like 
Do you think that Danny's gonna have like there's gonna be baby stuff with Danny? I feel like we or like called Rogue coming. Like, what is it? Is this about the White Walkers? Some people rise from the dead. Like, mm-hmm. what's what's the deal with all this? I think that's a good question. I think that before we get into the answer of that, I think it's interesting. She's talking about she's like some some secret she could not bring herself to share even with a husband. So she let his daughter so Laura keep his hopes, which is really sad because this whole situation is really sad. But I don't know. I I don't think that we'll see Call Drogo come back. I would be really surprised. Like to sense. me, that's like a weird. So you're talking about um, in the last season when Arya is being chased by all those people in the Crypts of Winterfell, and we're like, I swear, if everyone just like comes back to life as ice zombies, like that's so annoying. I don't know. That's like not really my vibe. And so this idea that Drogo would like come back, I don't know. I kind of like it better that he's gone what i mean to ask is less sort of directly interested in the quote because we've been hearing this mary quote for years and we've also been speculating about danny's involvement with all of her prophecy stuff and where what directions and what possible conclusions that might point to right what i'm asking about specifically is obviously they just had sex and he whispered like i think we're gonna have a son so she's thinking about the Mary god quote. grant that we make a son <sighs> she's like oh boy oh boy <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> and uh but you know for it to be reiterated by the author here and to be this late in the game and i don't have the full quote in front of me but i remember it being very much about reproduction not only because they just had sex but just i guess if you take it outside of them actually uh, for her reproducing like let's have it be analogous to other things like whatever drogo represents and whatever her when you're wrong pickets again and you bury a living child then he will return not before so that's so it's like she's it might be saying he's never she's ne- he's never coming back She's never going to have a baby, right? Yeah. But like, why are we hearing about it? Because I think that potentially as we get into this stuff with – I think that it's going to come into play when we reach the crossroads with her relationship with John. Potentially. In what way? Like, imagine – and this is me just saying stuff, whatever. But imagine Daenerys is like, I can't have a kid, so like – no big deal, not stressed. And then one day she's like, wait a second, I am pregnant with Jon Snow's kid. What kind of fan fiction is that? Whoa. But I just, I agree. I don't have any answers, but I absolutely agree with what you're, what I think you're saying, which is it continues to be reiterated, especially in moments like this. So there's no reason that's just like this throwaway comment that's like, oh man, remember this really nice, sad prophecy moment where we missed Drogo and like what Daenerys used to have with this man that she finally fell in love with at the end of their relationship. Like, (laughs) I don't think it's necessarily just like a callback moment for that. I do think that it could potentially come into play whether she is able to have a child is probably the biggest question. It's weird. It is weird. I'm just wondering what the... If she's going to have a kid. I don't think about her having kids. And then this quote comes up. Well, she's going to... Is she going to die? No, I just think about her being a conqueror and stuff. You know? Right, but like at the end of the series, it's like, is Daenerys actually going to get killed by Jon? Yada, yada. I don't know. On the Iron Throne? Mm-hmm. Called the Iron Throne? Mm. Will, he push, her, will he push her into the Iron Throne? Yeah. <laughs> like the real <laughs> one? From, she on just it. gets killed on nine swords. It's actually 
would be an interesting way It'd to go. It'd be so painful as you fall, you're just getting sliced down more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a circle in hell that's probably like that, or at least a a, a part, like a feature of a circle of hell. Just like not. Dante's Inferno. Right. But I mean, I'm talking about the sword specifically, falling through unlimited, you know, those bungee cord rooms and like the play funplexes where you can just jump and it's like a web. Oh, of, yeah. It's all swords. You just fall down forever. <laughs> yeah. You're getting sliced in a bunch okay. of different ways. Maybe that's nice. a feature. If anyone listening has personal thoughts about or you know i guess they all have to be personal but something you heard that someone else said that you thought was interesting it doesn't have to be something you came up with just if anyone else has ideas about what's this potential i don't want to say plot point but i don't really have a lot i don't have a better word to say it plot point of danny and theory the, the child thing is it i know that there's meaning attached to it to potentially be something else but and i know it was brought up in the context of her sleeping with her her husband and him wanting to have kids but still it just seems persistent, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that I haven't really comprehended yet, or I'm not smart enough to figure out based on all the evidence. So, Danny's gonna have a kid on accident. I don't know. <laughs> it seems very fan fictiony, <laughs> but I mean, who's to say? There's a long road ahead of us, so we're not really quite sure. The chapter ended with Daenerys thinking of home. Masande came and comforted her after she couldn't fall asleep. She was. Crying in bed. Was she crying, though? Or did just Miss Sunday just hear her crying? I'm not sure. Either way, I know that she's unhappy. Yeah. So this sort of sad part at the end of all of it, when she's thinking so much and sort of commanding so much and disregarding so much that's potentially powerful, it seems like she can just care less. She does care. And so I get that. I know that she has feelings. Thanks for reminding me. And she's thinking of home. Remind me that there's still good in the world. She's like, the morning came to Let me think about all the men that I can slaughter and them dying and, and all, flay, all of their blood. Like she was saying at the beginning. Yeah, I want to flay them. It's like the kind of stuff that keeps her, like, helps her fall asleep. I just want to flay the people I hate. That's all. <laughs> Dark, but okay. That's it. It's Danny 8. What a great chapter. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. What are you going to say your own of the chapter is? Ooh. I have to say my own is Daenerys taking Quentin down. And she's like, okay. Because it didn't even take her meeting up with him at the party to do it. It's not like they hung out and she was like, all right, follow me. Like, this conversation is cool. She was talking to Barry and he was like, you need to do this. And she was like, oh, okay, fine. If he's really, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. And he's been drinking at the party. He's right. like, whoa, this this party like really took a turn. I'm getting, she's taking me right to see the dragons but it was such an intimidating thing to do and uh, and he was so scared it's like he turns dude. white as milk or something yeah, these are say. dragons the one was hanging like a bat from the top he's the first thing he thought to say was uh isn't there three of them <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah drogon we can't find them <laughs> he might be right behind you <laughs> that was you? a good moment i'm not sure I'm scrolling through my highlights to kind of see what I want to give my own to. I th- what I'm thinking about is this whole Brown Ben Plum conversation because I just thought that that was really good. And, um, but I don't know if that's good enough. Usually I try to find a great little quote, but mm, can't find a good one. I mean, no disrespect. I think I want to give my own to. I'll give my own to another Quentin and Daenerys moment when she says the dragon has three heads. 
Danny said when they were on the final flight. My marriage need not be the end of all your hopes. I know why you're here. For you, said Quentin, all awkward and gallantry. No, said Danny, for fire and blood. One of the elephants trumpeted at them from his stall. The answering roar from below made her flush with a sudden heat. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I just, I liked that line quite a bit. So. The elephants trumpeting? No, the fire and blood thing. Yeah. Wow, it was all over the place. It sounds like one of your own. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm very succinct. Cold. That's it. That's, That's all. It. If you'd like potentially have your own made fun of by Hannah, you can write to us. I would never do that to anybody but you. On Twitter. That's not true. What about the like in-season stuff when we're getting a bunch of them? Oh, like, I've absolutely made fun of you. It's a little bit disembodied It's point. a little different <laughs> because it, there's no rules then. It's uh, at Game of Owns on Twitter. It is contact at GameofOwns.com and email Game of Owns on Facebook, Game of Owns on Instagram. Game of Owns on OnlyFans. <laughs> Game of Owns on OnlyFans. <laughs> and uh, you can get the... Uh, Two episodes of the solo podcast. Actually, the first one I put up there just on Patreon in general for everyone. It's not behind the uh, Ooh, nice. donation Everyone wall. can go check it out. Yeah. If you want it's to. It's good. I thought it was really awesome. So head out head out to check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash goo. G-O-O. Um, and if you want to follow along with us, we've got another Daenerys chapter coming down the pipeline. So the fun don't stop here. We have our own reading order you can find it at a feast with dragons.com and next time we are reading daenerys nine. Oh yeah this is the first time that it's happened in the reading order i think of uh there being a one pov to the next chronologically Ooh, potentially i'll have to look back and double check that but you said that it was unsatisfactory the way the narrative was moving. not spending enough time <laughs> we're about to have the same conversation again so look forward to that um, no, but I hope everyone is doing good and hanging in there. Me too. And we'll be back again really soon.